Good morning. Welcome to worship. We are so glad to have you here on this Palm Sunday. I hope that everyone received a palm as you came in. You have a job today. So whenever you hear, sing, or speak the word Hosanna, wave your palm. Or if you're feeling especially inspired by our beautiful music that you'll hear today, feel free to wave it. We are gathering together to celebrate Jesus coming into our midst to proclaim a very new kind of kingdom. So participate this morning by waving your palm as we celebrate together. And now please join me in our call to worship. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Hosanna! Blessed is our King who comes in the name of the Lord. Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name that is above every name. Glory to God in the highest. Hosanna! And we take a moment to light our candle for those watching online and worshiping with us online. We hope that you at home will grab a candle to light as we signify our time together. And if you don't have a poem at home, grab something you can wave with us in celebration. I invite you now to stand as we sing together our opening hymn, All Glory, Laud, and Honor. in the name of the Lord. Oh God, we gather on this Palm Sunday seeking your spirit, embracing the joy that you bring to us, and ask that you will send your spirit to be upon us this morning as we worship you in joy, praise, and truth. May we leave this place uplifted by the messages we will receive this morning. Open our hearts, our minds, our souls to receive your praise and experiences that you will bring to us. We ask this all in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen.
our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, and thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us for our debts, as we give our debtors. As we forgive our debtors. And lead us, and not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thy is this kingdom, and power and glory forever. Amen. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethpage, the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, The Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Look, your king is coming to you, humble, mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them. He sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Crowds that went ahead of him followed were shouting Hosanna to the son of David blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord Hosanna in the highest heaven when he entered Jerusalem the whole city was in turmoil asking who is this the crowds were saying this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee Are there any basketball fans in here? <laughs> Wave your palms. Let's see it. Yeah, okay, okay. Well, I've been told that we just got out of March Madness, right? And that Kansas fans are probably still celebrating. Yeah? And whose bracket was wrecked? Anyone's? Okay. Anyone's spot on? No? We had a staff bracket going. Now, I don't know who won because Bond doesn't know either because Jerry is on vacation. I'm guessing we'll find out when he gets back who won the staff bracket. Well, I remember attending the final four games when Butler was playing Duke, and unfortunately, Butler did not win, but I would say they won the hearts of the nation when they made it that far that year. And I remember as a college student at Butler, and they made it to the Sweet 16 for the very first time, well, second time, I think, in the school's history. It was spring of 2003, and I was in my dorm room by myself that Saturday afternoon, and I watched that winning shot. My first instinct was to look out the window to see if anyone was out there to celebrate with. And sure enough, I began to see people pouring out of their dorm rooms, their fraternity, sorority houses, they're pouring into the street to celebrate this win of Butler going to the Sweet 16. And I ran out there with them. We all wanted to be so excited together, and we had a few minutes before the campus police arrived and kindly told us to celebrate elsewhere. (laughs) Oh well. Butler was about to be put on the March Madness map, and Buzz was building all over campus, and it was a really exciting time. So imagine that the year is not 2003, but more like A.D. 33, give or take five or six years, perhaps. Buzz was building as thousands of Jews gather for the Passover celebration in the holy city of Jerusalem. A march is staged by Jesus and his disciples, and before you know it, madness. What we call Palm Sunday in the church today might also be called Jerusalem March Madness. Why? Well, just as fans are making their brackets and trying to guess who will make it to the Final Four, the residents of Jerusalem were trying to figure out who would come out on top. Some of the locals were betting on a new ruler who would establish the kingdom of their ancestor David. Others in Jerusalem wanted a religious leader such as the high priest to come out on top. And the Romans' imperial political machinery wanted their appointee, Pilate, to keep the peace 
through a show of military force. And of course, the disciples wanted Jesus to be their champion, but they were not exactly sure what his victory would look like. They also still wrestled with what exactly Jesus meant when he taught them about the kingdom, what he taught them to pray about in the words we know today as the Lord's Prayer. We've been spending the past six weeks taking the Lord's Prayer line by line and reflecting upon the importance of the prayer for our daily lives and our faith. But in this prayer, the whole kingdom concept is still coming into view for the disciples and perhaps for us today. Thy kingdom come, they prayed. Well, what kind of kingdom? And today as we focus on these final words, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever, Jesus was about to show them what kind of kingdom he was about. He was about to show the world the kind of kingdom that he came to promote, the one that we are to pray for and the one that we are to be a part of and help build here and now. Now, biblical scholars teach us that there were two processions that entered Jerusalem that day. The city was stirred up in that madness because thousands of pilgrims were in the city to celebrate Passover. Each year, this Jewish festival swelled Jerusalem's population from 50,000 to 200,000. And Jesus knew exactly what he was doing when he sent for those animals that he would ride into the city, knowing that the Roman governor Pontius Pilate would be riding into the city on the other side with his war horse. He would come in with his imperial majesty and remind the Jewish pilgrims that Rome demanded their complete loyalty, obedience, and submission. So even as the Jewish people were gathering to commemorate their freedom from slavery in Egypt, this military-type procession reminded them that they are still, in a sense, enslaved to these types of oppressive powers. One step out of line, and their lives would be at risk. So as Pilate marched in from the west, sending a clear message of force and terror, Jesus approached from the east, looking by contrast ragged and absurd. Jesus came defenseless, weaponless, and riding on a donkey, the animal of peace, not a mighty war horse. He came in with the message that the kingdom was one of love humility, long-suffering, and sacrifice. Do not be mistaken. This was not a meek show of Jesus. It was actually a dangerous and a radical one. He made the choice to go up against the kingdom and powers of Rome to lead a counter-procession of sorts. He came to make a bold statement to the authorities that this king, riding on a donkey, will banish war from the land There will be no more chariots or war horses or bows. This king will command peace to the nations and will be a king of peace. The king comes to establish a kingdom not of power and wealth, but to show God's kingdom as one of humility and compassion. Those rooting for Jesus spread their cloaks on the road as a sign of respect. Leafy branches are cut and laid down before him, as a sign of awe.
The TV's mine. And he knows better. I say, excuse me? Did you pay for the TV? I don't think so. It is mine. So I can do with it what I want, and I need you to turn it off. Now, all this aside, these words remind us that while we may do all that we can to hold on to our power, our control, our material possessions, that everything ultimately is thine, belongs to God. The natural tendency of our hearts is to say, well, that's mine. That's mine. I earned that. That's mine. I bought it. I paid for it. That's mine. But when we pray thine, we choose to redirect our thoughts to the actions of God's, not our own. If you don't believe me that our hearts aren't tended toward mine, just take a walk down our preschool hallways on any given day of the week. You'll hear all sorts of, that's mine. She took it, right? So when we redirect our thoughts to what the kingdom of God actually looks like as opposed to the kingdoms of this world, it's the kingdom of God that looks like we all have enough. It looks like equality and justice and compassion. The kingdom of God is one of peace, of tolerance, of diversity, of unity. The kingdom of God can happen if we are willing to put down our walls of division and our need for power and wealth. It can happen if we are able to put each other as equals and see that in each person. It can become a reality if we acknowledge one another, as Desmond Tutu once said, the God in me honors the God in you. The problem is, is that we are so caught up in the kingdoms of this world that run in stark contrast to the kingdoms of God. We don't have to look far at all to find examples of when the kingdom of God does not align with our world's kingdoms, especially in today's culture. But let's go back a little bit and take, for example, the Nazi regime. While many Christians participated in the Nazi regime, or perhaps they were silent, there were also many faithful Christians who resisted out of allegiance to God's kingdom. Historical Nazi files clearly recorded that the church struggle was a constant thorn in the flesh to Hitler and his aides during the early years of power. It was a credit to the church's reliance on an ultimate authority and vision that was set apart widely from the political popularity of the regime that was growing. The church was the only institution in Germany that offered any enduring or meaningful resistance to those rising in power. Mr. Pierre Sauvage was one of the 5,000 Jews who survived in a small French town because of their Christian neighbors who organized to protect them from being sent to concentration camps. In 1987, he made a film called Weapons of the Spirit. He did this in an attempt to understand why such a small community would put their lives at risk in order to save others. So let's take a look at a short clip of the film that offers us some powerful words from the pulpit. France signed the armistice with Nazi Germany on June 22, 1940. The next day was a Sunday. And that morning, during services, the two pastors conveyed their position to their congregation. The text of this historic document survives. Pastor Tokme's daughter repeats the words of people who practiced what they preached. The duty of Christians is to resist the violence that will be brought to bear on their consciences through the weapons of the spirit. We will resist whenever our adversaries will demand of us obedience contrary to the orders of the gospel. We will do so without fear, but also without pride and without hate. These were the words that inspired mostly poor farmers of the village to take in Jewish refugees. People lied to the authorities. An underground railroad was set up to smuggle Jews across the border into Switzerland. Mr. Savage called all of this a conspiracy of goodness. Through such a powerful witness of the town, thousands of Jews fled to this place for protection. Even some of the German soldiers and officers stationed in the area chose to keep the secret 
rather than to report what was happening there. Each and every person of this small village faced a choice of allegiance in this time of crisis. Would they choose God's kingdom or the kingdoms of the world? Would they choose God's power or earthly powers? Without a doubt, their efforts saved thousands of lives and set an example for what happens when we pray, Thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. The kingdom of God makes an appearance right here on earth. The flip side is that so many church people and leaders chose not to rock the boat. They remained silent or even embraced Nazi rhetoric. 90% of people in Nazi Germany prayed the Lord's Prayer every Sunday, yet failed to understand or live what they were praying. What would have happened if they did understand If they did live it, what would happen today if we understand and actually live it in our world? So on this Palm Sunday, we are challenged once again to choose the kingdom of God as our own and to live it out. The odds, unfortunately, seem against us. Jesus knew what his kingdom was up against. His followers knew what they were up against. They just had to look to the West to see Pilate and his war horse coming in to understand the risk that they were taking. What about us? How are we being the kingdom of God as the church? I think about our mission of feeding hundreds of people through Teeter Farm and Dinners on Us, and who are meeting here again, by the way, offering that fellowship to those who need that as well. I celebrate our willingness to have prophetic and important conversations and education around racial justice. I think about our care ministries and the way that we welcome people into this place and into a relationship with Jesus Christ. I look at our church calendar and I see meetings of people coming here that are struggling with addiction. I see people coming here who are speaking other languages. I walk these halls and hear conversations from people around the world who are refugees, who are learning English and trying to rebuild a life here. Perhaps they have fled from a country where their lives were at risk. I hear children laughing and having fun as they are hearing stories of Jesus, perhaps for the first time. I have conversations with our young people and youth group who are asking those tough questions about their faith and their being welcomed here with those really hard questions and with their doubts. So when we pray for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever, let's be people who don't just say the words as if they are routine, but let's pray them as people willing to live them out. When we pray these words, may we be willing to ride into Jerusalem with Jesus on that Palm Sunday thousands of years ago ready not just to be kingdom spectators, but kingdom builders. So lift your palm branch, and Hosanna, we say. Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. Well, I just want to take a little bit of time to explain to you our Holy Week and Easter schedule. I know some of us are out of the practice of of regular worship, and so you might be anxious to get back and to celebrate Easter in a great way. So let me just give you a quick rundown on what's happening and just a slight change in our usual schedule on Easter morning. So Holy Week uh, begins as far as us gathering on Monday, Thursday, that Thursday Uh, of Holy Week, which we recall the Last Supper of Jesus with the disciples, and also that was the night that he was betrayed. Pastor Matt is putting together the plans for that worship. The band will be providing the music for that experience, and they will gather here in the sanctuary at 7 o'clock on that Thursday. Then Good Friday services. You might want to sign up for our Good Friday vigil so you can come to the church and pray either in the Wickham Chapel or a prayer room. Uh, or you can also do it at home. We'll have an online version of it as well. But we have a sign-up chart that will be up here uh, the next couple weeks for you to sign up. And just for a half an hour time slot, there will be a prayer guide to help 
you to go through and make the best use of those 30 minutes praying for various things in our community and our congregation and declaring. As remember, that was the day that Jesus gave his life on the cross. Uh, don't forget our Easter extravaganza. It's going to be out at Teeter on that Saturday before Easter. And they'll gather. Uh, it's from 1030 to noon out at the Teeter Farm. There'll be three different fields of eggs for the different age groups so they don't run over each other. And there's going to be lots of activities, uh, uh, bounce houses, uh, blown up activities, and, and games for kids. We need volunteers for that and also lots of candy to pass out. So help out with that on that Saturday out at Teeter. And then Easter morning, of course, is, is the highest holiday in the church here. As we remember, that is the, the day that Jesus was raised from the dead. And we'll have our typical schedule with just a slight change. So we'll gather here, as we usually do, at 8.30 in the sanctuary with our choir ensemble leading music as well. And we'll also gather again at 9.45 here. And we will have the usual 945 contemporary service because we want to also continue our Noblesville Kids programming on that Sunday. We don't always do that on Easter, but this year we're trying to rebuild our children's programming. So we hope that your children or grandchildren that you bring can participate in that downstairs while you're worshiping either in the sanctuary or in Celebration Hall with the contemporary form of worship. And then the one change to that Easter schedule is that we decided that there will be a greater demand for the traditional Easter service with the choir singing. So the 11 o'clock service, instead of being a contemporary service, will be a traditional one, led once again by the choir at 11 o'clock here in the sanctuary as well. And, and don't forget that wonderful tradition we have in which uh, we have the choir singing the Alleluia Chorus, and then we invite you as a congregation to turn and face the resurrection window, that beautiful piece of stained glass that's at the back of our sanctuary to remind ourselves that uh, our Faith is a living faith. Christ who gave his life for us, but has been raised from the dead, gives us the hope, the encouragement, the faith that we need to live our lives in the goodness of Christ, who is our Lord and our Savior. Just one change to those announcements is that our Monday Thursday service on Thursday at 7 will actually be in Celebration Hall. So if you plan to join us that night, please go downstairs to Celebration Hall and join us for that. So we want to make sure also that you know that our graduation Sunday will be on May 22nd this year. We're letting you know that now because we would love to go ahead and start compiling our list of names, high school graduates, college graduates. So please submit those um, to the office, visit our website for more information on that. We'd like to get that list going so we make sure to honor everyone this year. And of course, go to our website, check out our next steps app, register your attendance, submit prayer requests, or give online, and make sure you fill out your connection card with us today. Let us know you're here, and there are opportunities on that card for you to serve and get involved right here at Noblesville First. And I think we're going to have some special guests coming in uh, as we have our offering here in just a few moments, so get those palms ready, give you a hint. And let us take a moment and give thanks and to pray over the gifts that we will give and receive this morning. Holy God, we give thanks for your generosity that is in each of our lives. So as we open our hearts to give something back this morning, whether it is from our, our pockets, whether it is our prayers, whether it's our very presence here today, or the ways that we are stirred in our hearts to give and serve with our hands and feet, we ask that you would bless us. Bless these gifts that we will bring before you today, that they may be signs and symbols of your kingdom right here on this earth, that all we do and all we say glorifies you. This we pray. Amen.
Good morning. And good morning and welcome to all of you online. We'd also like to share some concerns and other thoughts with you today. We ask that you please keep Mary Kennedy in your prayers for her recovery as she was recently hospitalized for diverticulitis, but we also understand she is also now at home recuperating. We also pray for David and Jane Meats due to David's recent hospitalization and continuing recovery from his health issues. We also pray for Warren Otter, who is with us today. (laughs) And also for Jerry Gray, who finally came home with Margie. Yes, praise God. And for all those in need of strength, comfort, and peace from life's challenges at this time. We extend our sincerest condolences and prayers for Bill and Connie Edney at the loss of Bill's brother, Jeff Edney. Our prayers are also with the friends and family of Nancy Tenkate, who passed away on April 8th at Prairie Lakes. Final arrangements are pending further notification. Also for the family of Marilyn Williams, wife of Lauren Williams, and mother to our church pianist, Deb Smith and her husband, Don. Marilyn passed away on April 8th. Calling is Thursday, April 14, from 4 to 7 p.m. at Randall and Roberts on Westfield Road in Noblesville. A celebration of life service will be held at a later time. We ask for prayers of healing and peace for all families and friends through their different journeys of grief. We also like to share celebrations of joy. As we celebrate Holy Week, we anticipate all the Easter flowers to be delivered this week. They should arrive at our church tomorrow in all their splendor. We also celebrate joys from a successful return of Dinners on Us program in over two years here at the church. Last Thursday evening, Loie Milam, Elaine Jensen and a crew of awesome volunteers hosted 22 people of all ages for dinner. We can use four or five volunteers to help us out from 4.30 to 6.30 on any given Thursday. Just leave your name and phone number and email. There's a sign-up sheet I understand now out in the narthex. Or connect with Loie Milam, or you can call us at the church office also with your information. We'll get that to Loie. This ministry is open here at the church for everyone in our community and also for our church members, for anyone who needs a meal.
Please join me in a call to prayer. Merciful God, we confess that we often fall short of your purposes for our lives. It is easier to follow the crowd than to follow Christ. We prefer to avoid conflict rather than stand up for your mercy and understanding. We allow strident voices in our times to drown out your wisdom and truth. Forgive us, O God. Fill us with the courage to take up our cross and follow Jesus, even when the cost to follow is high and reputations are at stake. For we pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Now we come to a time of silent prayer, followed by a pastoral prayer. Then we'll say the Lord's Prayer together. This is a time to be still, to feel God's presence, and to thank him for being in our lives. Let's pray together. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, in the heavens, in our hearts. You've come to us on a donkey, along a path of cloaks and palm leaves, along a path to endure the experience of the worst that humankind could possibly dish out, exposing you to our fears, our hatred, the torture the shame, and our gravest of sins, turning so far away from you, God. Yet you came anyway. You came anyway. And then you forgave our sins. Forgave our sins, Lord. You gave up your life for us, for those that hurt and tortured you, so that we could be redeemed and reconciled with you to live forever with you in heaven. Lord God Almighty, there is no greater love than yours. Anna Adonai, Hushiana, we pray, Lord, please save us. Thank you, O gracious and merciful Jesus. By most Holy Spirit, we pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, and thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
May you now take your hosannas out into the world to proclaim the kingdom of God, one of love, peace, humility, and compassion. Amen.